the men's conference was good yesterday. I know uh, Kevin was there. And you, I was looking for your text, but you must have been busy. Yeah, I told Kevin on Wednesday that I wasn't Okay. I understand. I understand. We'll do it another time. So we are in the book of Job. And if somebody could read, uh, I guess, Emmett, you're back. How's harvest going, Emmett, anyway? Is it all over? No. Still going? Yeah. Well, you broke down last week. I think Pam said you had to go get a part or something. You were down on what? Okay. Well, we're getting a barrel death. Okay. Well, we're in Job 41. And, uh, Emmett, we're going to fast forward just a little bit. Uh, would you read just verse 18 for us? Or uh, 18 and 19 and 20. Yep. Well, actually, 18 through 21. By his passing, the light out of his mouth the bowing plants and supposed to out of his nose out of his breath and Alright, thank you. Uh, so this is where we get the concept of a fire-breathing dragon, and you can imagine that as you're uh, reading that. And uh, we don't use that word sneezings much, but we do use sneezing, so that's kind of where we got that word. But uh, I wanted to, you know, when you think of a fire-breathing dragon, you think of mythology or maybe something from China or, you know, the... But the concept is here about Leviathan, and I wanted you to see this video. Uh, this is a three-minute video. I don't know how well you can see it or hear it, but let, let's try it here. This is about a bombardier beetle, and I think it's kind of the concept of where uh, even a larger animal could have uh, smoke and... Hot gases coming out of their mouth. Let's yeah, let's watch this. Encyclopedia Science here, 81 edition, and read about the bombardier beetle. He's got this beetle glued down with a drop of yellow wax on his back and a paper clip stuck in there. He's clamped into a ring stand, so he'll cooperate for the photographer. And then they reached up with the tweezers and pinched his front leg. It's not coming through there. The beetle is thinking, man, there's that hand. He's biting my leg again. Those guys never learn. Hold on. This beetle has a cannon back near his hind end. He swings it around at the enemy. And Let me try something different here. Let me. Uh, could you hear it okay? Let me open it this way. 
There's one simple vision hack anyone can use to improve vision. You're still only hearing it through my computer, can't you? Did you know that vision impairments have nothing to do with your eyes? Can you? The eyes are simply... Give me a World Book Encyclopedia Science Here 81 edition and read about the Bombardier Beetle. He's got this beetle glued down with a drop of yellow wax on his back and a paper clip stuck in there. He's clamped into a ring stand to cooperate for the photographer. And then he reached up with the tweezers and pinched his front leg. The beetle is thinking, man, there's that ant. He's biting my leg again. Those guys never learn. This beetle has a cannon back near his hind end. He swings it around at the enemy and collapses his enemy with 212 degree chemicals. The temperature of boiling water. Now, where does a beetle get something 212 degrees? What's he got, a furnace back there? <laughs> the ejection system on the bombardier beetle shows basic similarity to the pulse-jet propulsion mechanism of the German V-1 fuzz bomb of World War II. What the beetle has evolved is an intermittent explosive process that fires 500 pulses per second. The explosive energy comes from the mixing of two separate fluids, hydroquinones and hydrogen peroxide with oxidative enzymes. The fundamental question, of course, is how can many small random mutations contribute to the development of mechanisms of the pulse jet? Two fuel, the pump, the fuel reservoirs, the control system, when only the complete perfected system has survival value. Although creationists argue that the theories of evolution and natural selection are convincing here, it is still possible that atheistic factors still beyond our can are operating, and what we really need is a better theory of evolution. That's <laughs> grasp when it's gone. How on earth could a beetle evolve something so complex? What he's got back in his hind end, he has two compartments where he stores these chemicals, hydroquinones and hydrogen peroxide. If those two get together, they explode. Now the beetle does not want them to explode in his hind end. That would be uncomfortable. So he has another chemical that he mixes in there. It's called the inhibitor. It prevents the reaction from taking place. But now it doesn't do any good because he sprays it on his enemies and they lick it off and keep chewing off his leg. So he has a fourth chemical that he sprays in at the last possible second. The fourth chemical neutralizes the third chemical and allows the first to explode. Is that too complicated? There's four chemicals. The first two explode. The third one makes them not explode. And the fourth one takes away the third one and the first two explode. Now timing is very important for the beetle. If he forgets to put the neutralizer in or the inhibitor in one time, He's history. If he puts the neutralizer in too soon, he's got a problem. And this beetle, as it slowly evolves over billions of years, you'll hear them exploding in the jungle as they practice their chemistry. When <laughs> <laughs> he would gather together for the funeral, and Grandma would say, Kids, take a look at your Uncle Herman. Look at him good, boys and girls. He blew his whole hind end right off. Do you want to die like that? Don't you know? Well, then quit moving off and pay attention in school. Someday we're going to be a fire-breathing beetle. (laughs) (laughs) If you think Bombardier Beetle evolved by chance, you need help. He doesn't know nothing about chemistry. He's never even been to kindergarten. His whole body is only that big. His brain is even smaller. All he knows is somebody bites you, squirt him. They'll leave. They're able. It even works on big enemies. Here's a toad about to eat bombardier beetle. Texture number two, beetle is in the toad's mouth. Texture three, beetle is back out. <laughs> the toad's tongue is laying on the floor. 
Then he's backing off saying, Ooh, somebody call the cook. Yeah. <laughs> Too many jalapenos on that one. And we got to lay off some Mexican food for a while. <laughs> so that was uh, just an illustration from, you know, bugs and chemistry. And, uh, you know, we speculate that that may be similar to how, you know, a fire-breathing dragon, a bigger animal, could have gases and, uh, you know, have, like like this verse describes. Uh, Brian, did you have a comment? I don't see it as that way. I mean, uh-huh. the line of questioning here in Job 41 is clearly being descriptive of using Leviathan as a picture of Antichrist. And, yeah, or of the, the uh, more specifically of the devil himself. He's called a dragon. As his role in the future is prophetic. Right. As Antichrist. Are you going to take Antichrist to be your pet? You know, he's listing off the real questions. Yeah. And so I see this fire and smoke equivalent to the double-edged sword coming out of Christ's mouth. It's what he said. It's the two horns, two horns of the lamb that spoke with the voice of a dragon. Everything that comes out of his mouth is destructive. Mm-hmm. It lies. So it's not. I don't really think he's trying to describe a fire-breathing dragon. I think they're dead on the money when they call this a saltwater crocodile. And uh, the picture here is is what he says, what comes out of his mouth, just like what comes out of Christ's mouth is a two-edged sword. That's how I'm interpreting this. Well, let's look back at verse 15. And uh, Pam, would you read verses 15 through 17 for us? His scales are his pride, shut up together as with a close seal. It is so near to the other that no air can come between them. They are joined one to another, they stick together that they cannot be sundered. By his nestings a light does shine, and his eyes are like the eyes of the morning. And his mouth goes burning lamps and sparks of fire in out of his nostrils go smoke, and out of his seething coffee's cauldron. Yeah. Yep. I think there's, there's a lot of scripture that has overlaid meaning. The under meaning, the right now meaning, and then a later meaning. Right. Right, right. No, you're right, uh, Pam. And uh, so it likens his scales. Uh, I mean, I do believe this is some type of historic animal that uh, God is pointing Job to that Job would be familiar with in some way. And it's, but it it does elevate it because you know animals don't necessarily have pride. That's more uh, uh, characteristics of, of humans and of uh, Lucifer himself. He fell because of his pride, and so that's what I had you put in your blank there. It, it says that they're airtight. Uh, in verse 16 that no air can come between them and we mentioned last week how that uh, in outer space there is no air and so uh, even that uh, fits with him this uh, this being Leviathan the dragon with uh, 
you know, we, we mentioned with the behemoth that he was more of a land animal, and this is more of a sea animal, uh, aquatic. And uh, I think it's Isaiah 27.1 that mentions he has multiple heads. And so uh, in some ways it is figuratively, in some ways it's historic, and in some way it's futuristic, like you're saying, Pam. And so anyway, he has pride, and, and they're shut up. And I kind of keyed on that. Uh, at in verse 15 it says that his scales are shut up and uh, even that is from Revelation 3 that God is able to close doors that no man can open and open doors that no man can shut and so Leviathan's armor is like scales and uh, he has this pride that's impenetrable and uh, the thing that I, I read is that these scales and I don't know if you experienced this but uh, you know Paul when Paul was saved on the road to Damascus uh, when Ananias went to him it says that uh, it was like scales fell off his eyes so even though he was blinded he he and I don't know if you uh, but I know when I was saved and I started reading the Bible it's like the Bible opened up to me and I was I could like see with new eyes and and so anyway but because his pride his scale he he's blinded to the things of God and uh, that that's what pride will do pride will blind us won't it yes. and uh it it's self-centered it's egotistical and uh it's one where you know more than everybody else and you're smarter and you're better in some way and uh the bible says god resists the proud but he gives grace to the humble and so it behooves us to humble ourselves and uh be in submission to the lord <coughs> But anyway, I uh, this letter B is where I likened these sneezings these to this bombardier uh, beetle. And then in verse 22 and 23, uh, Larry, can you read those for us, brother? Verse 22 and 23? Yeah. All right. In his neck... Remaineth strength and sorrow is turned into joy before him. The flakes of his flesh are joined together. They are firm in themselves. They cannot be moved. Now, uh, this is kind of wild. And I, I didn't look up other translations, but I read that other translations think that this is wrong in verse 22 where sorrow is turned into joy uh, no. but uh, as I read that a little different way I mean uh, he causes sorrow but that makes him joyful the, 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 our enemy is joyful at destruction and all this wickedness and so it, it causes sorrow but it makes uh, him happy so that that's uh, kind of how to interpret that. I I put a note on there. This this is not a wrong translation, but rather consider that Leviathan thrives on turning the jo- the sorrow of others into his own joy. And uh, I put in there. 
that say in the pride and stoutness of heart. So pride is a stoutness of heart. It's that elevated and uh, hard, stout heart. And so we, it kind of takes the, the two-edged sword to kind of tenderize that, doesn't it? And kind of peel off the callus. And you've probably all done that. Yeah, it's like the circumcision of your heart. And yeah, it actually says that in uh, Deuteronomy in a couple places in the Bible to have our hearts circumcised and uh, to cut off. Uh, Carol, are you tracking with us? Yeah. Good deal. <laughs> Do you want to read for us uh, verse 25? Yeah. When the root of himself and that mighty or friend by reason of breaking yeah, so the, even the mighty, they're afraid of Leviathan, as they should be. Uh, we don't uh, meddle with him. But uh, there's a sense here in which they... And, and if you've uh, been connected with the Catholicism, they, they do some type of pen, penance sometimes. Have you heard of that? Yeah. It's not uh, repentance, like the Bible says, but it's, it's penance. Yeah, or sometimes even physically they might afflict themselves to, I guess, identify with the Lord's sufferings or something. And uh, you know, some some are known to crawl upstairs on their knees and maybe. uh, anyway, many different things, but there's actually a place in the Bible where false religion does that in uh, in First Kings. I gave you the reference there, but you, you probably know it. Where uh, the prophets of Baal, they they cut themselves and they leap upon the altar and they they crying out to their false god, and he doesn't answer by fire like they're wanting him to, and. So, you know, Elijah kind of mocks him a little bit, you know, cry, cry louder, maybe your God's asleep. And, but anyway, they, they do inflict, and anyway, that, that's kind of the meaning here that, that some uh, mighty people are maybe fearful of Leviathan and they, they, they try to purify themselves, uh, by breakings. And I think I gave you that word breakings. Uh, it's also translated hurt and bruise and wounds in the Bible. That word breakings. So I thought that was a, a good comment. Uh, Kevin, you want to do 26 to 29? That's pretty interesting how they couldn't get no lightning out of the sky and Baal is the thunderbolt sky god. Yeah, he's the sun god, yeah. They couldn't do it. That's right. The sword So, so this, 
I put a big word in your blank on that one, just the word supernatural, because uh, the devil can only be fought with supernatural weapons. And when you think of uh, something that's supernatural, uh, supernatural just means above nature. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. just like Superman is above ordinary man, right? So things that are, you know, super supernatural, they're they're above nature, and uh, so the devil has to be fought with spiritual weapons, and that's where, like you're saying, Kevin, you can't approach him with ordinary, you know, you can't shoot rockets at him, you can't shoot your gun or even take a physical sword. But uh, you can take the sword of the Spirit. And I don't know if you remember, but this word darts is in the armor of God. A few weeks ago, Brother uh, James Horton came in here and he talked to us about the armor of God. And in the armor of God, we're we're to take the shield of faith to... you know, to quench the fiery darts of of the enemies. So I thought it was neat that the word darts was was in this text as well. Uh, those are just uh, basically arrows of accusation. Yeah, yeah. Shield of God. Yeah. Your faith. Your faith. Your shield of faith. That's how we overcome the world. And I don't know if you notice here in this text here that he mentions uh, wood and straw and uh, even stubble in verse 29. And that's pretty, it's pretty similar to those things that, you know, are, uh, you know, we got time. Let's go to first, first Corinthians three. Yep. Let's go to first Corinthians three. That'd be a good one. We haven't turned to. Yep, you're right on, Blenda. Hey, Blenda, how is uh, how is the discipleship two coming? Have you started that? Yeah. You been there a couple Wednesday nights now? I think they're having it on Wednesdays. Yeah, let's go to First Corinthians three. And uh, Belinda, would you read eleven through thirteen for us? For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stone, wood, clay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Yeah, thank you. So that that's where we got the name for this class. And if you didn't know, this is called the foundation class. And that's where we got it because there's no other foundation can be laid than that is Christ Jesus. And so we're to take heed how we build on thereon. And and what Belinda read, this this uh, wood, wood, hay, and stubble, those things burn in the fire, don't they? 
and that's that's what judgment is like is to fire but so we need to build upon that foundation of Christ the gold silver and precious stones and you know oftentimes uh, gold is likened to God in the Bible like the temple was overlaid with gold and and we're going to study the tabernacle here in a few weeks with Jim I think the 12th of November I think we're going to have so next week we'll probably complete Job but then I want to have one week of kind of an overview of Job so I'll probably go two more weeks on Job Okay. and around the 12th so there'll be three weeks and maybe we'll start Corinthians in December but I feel like they use the, also the gold and the silver and everything because it can all be refined yes through the fire through the fire yeah when it comes back out and you look into it you don't see your face anymore you see God's face mm. yeah. uh, Christ is the word of God so he's the foundation and it's talking about yep. precepts that you build and put on top of it there you go so that yep. It's not profitable, shall be burned up. It's yeah. not true. Whereas the pure gold and the pure silver is the pure truth if you put things together in a proper order. Yeah. Well, we, stand forever. we know that uh, Christ was betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. So so we would say you know, silver is likened to Christ. It's the price of redemption. And gold is likened to God. And the precious stones is uh, likened to people sometimes. And so, uh, anyway, those are things, uh, that's what we're saying. The only things that are eternal is the Word of God and the souls of men. So, those are things we need to uh, build into our lives. Anyway, I like that passage. Thank you. uh, Thank you, Belinda. All right. Well, I gave you at the top of your back page, we'll go back to Job, the book of Job. Good job. <laughs> That's a job to read it. It is. Well, there's a. I, I gave you another quote from uh, Jeff Adams. There's our teaching point. Because there's a verse there that talks about him being made. And uh, he said that Leviathan was made fearless as a result of his sin. It is not the result of how he was created. So Lucifer was uh, a created being, unlike Christ who is eternal. Yeah, that's the key. I like that. Yeah. That's a lot of people think Jesus Christ was created by God, and that ain't so. No. He was sitting there during the. He was the one doing the creation. Yeah. There was nothing created that was not created by him. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of people saying a lot of things. Yeah, I'm just like watch, watch, and watch. You probably have to look to the truth. Know your word. You got to be able to tell that guy with two horns by his voice. Everything else looks like Jesus. Well, here in verse 30, uh, Jim, do you, do you have your Bible? Forty-one thirty. Sharp stones are under him, but he spread the sharp-pointed things upon the mire. Now, uh, that word stones have come up several times in the book of Job. Uh, I gave you those references at Job 8. It talked about a place of stones. And, you know, we can kind of conclude that, you know, 
in hell there's some type of stones and uh, you know Pam you had talked about the breastplate of the Jews had the 12 stones the precious stones and some of those were in uh, the covering of even Lucifer before the fall I think when we read Ezekiel 28 but three rows uh, yeah instead of four yeah or yeah three rows of four yeah but so so some of this you know we kind of point out but we don't really get real conclusive on you know these stones of fire a place of stone stones of darkness I mean stones of emptiness uh, and there's a reference there that every precious stone was was the covering of Lucifer and and uh, and uh, a few weeks ago, Amita and uh, you know we're all adults here. We can say this. Amita and uh, Sherry were kind of chuckling because I think in the Spanish it, it, about Behemoth, it talked about his stones, and in the Spanish, it was like gen- genitals, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You talk about uh, you know testicles or the stones, and without you know sounding dirty, but. Uh, Behemoth had stones that were wrapped with sinews, and uh, you know all of this. All of this is uh, it talks. You know, there's a repro- reproductive is what I want us to think of and not think dirty. But you know, Behemoth, Leviathan, these things are are dark things, that, and they reproduce other dark things, don't they? They. So that that was where I wanted us to go and not. It's the seed. Not the giggling part. Yeah, it's the seed. Yeah, he tried to corrupt the pure seed with uh, his seed. And that, so in the harvest and the fields, there's um, good seed and bad seed. Yeah. Both. Yeah. And and now wait a minute. I don't know if you guys heard of. Listen to what Belinda was saying about the good seed and the bad seed. Because. You know, the soil in that parable was the heart. And so we need to receive God's word into our heart, and that's why it needs to be tender and good soil, because then it, then it'll reproduce in us. We, we want fruit in our lives, right? We want good fruit, so we put in good seed and have a good heart. Uh, anyway, all of this very, uh, and that's where we say a personal relationship. We need to be intimate with God, right? And know Him. I mean, all those are kind of sexual terms, but that is the intimacy we need to have with the Lord, where we're intimate with Him. And we're, you know, Christ even prays for His disciples to be one with God. That's pretty wild, isn't it? And and that is the goal. We were Mary was in our HBI marriage class, and we said the goal of marriage was oneness, to become one with your spouse, where you're you know one in spirit, one in mind, one physically, one spiritually, one emotionally, financially, really in every way. And so if, if we're that way with the Lord, you know we'll naturally produce fruit. And so that that is we want to produce fruit unto God. So anyway, I like all that. It said that Leviathan's heart was as a stone as well. Yeah, yeah. His heart was. Yeah. The, well, let's carry on. Thirty-one and thirty-two. Uh, 
uh, Jaime, do you want to, or we're, let's do Mary. I don't think we got to you last week, Mary. Okay, I'm reading what, 31, 32? Yeah, 31, 32. And, he yeah. maketh the deep to boil like a pot. He maketh the sea like a pot of ointment. He maketh a path to shine after him. One would think the deep to be hoary. Yeah. So my point here was just that the deep is connected with Leviathan. And uh, this deep is not necessarily the Mediterranean or the Atlantic or, you know, the Pacific Ocean. We talked about the deep uh, being waters above the heavens even. And... uh, like Mary said, this word hoary is like a frost, a hoary frost. So it's like white. It's like frozen. And uh, anyway, I wanted us to see that. And then uh, Ara, w- would you read verse 33 for us? Upon earth there is not his life who is made without fear. Yeah. How many of you have ever heard of uh oh there it is have you ever heard the the song a mighty fortress yes do you know who wrote it it was martin luther yeah well look at this first line this this is the chorus of a mighty fortress and uh, he says, A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper, he amidst the flood of mortal ills prevailing. For still our ancient foe doth seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great and armed with cruel hate. And then it says, On earth is not his equal. So that's just that's just what Ora just read, wasn't it? That the devil, Leviathan, is our ancient foe, and on earth there is not his equal. I just thought it was neat how some of these. Uh, yeah, some of these. Great good shot there. I like the way he talks about the flood cast out of his mouth. Yeah. About that dragon. I think it does say that in yeah. It says it right there. Amidst the flood. We have no mistakes. We're in the second day. We're in 2.0. Fire. Every thought of their mind was only evil continually. Yeah. I heard some things this week about Martin Luther. Yeah? Yeah. Even Hitler thought Martin Luther was on track and killing Jews. Yeah. And that's what they're going to get you. Well, and pretty much Martin Luther. Right. Trump either, watch. Right. No, they don't. Trump either, watch. No, they don't. No, they don't. No, they don't. No, Martin Luther, I think, for breaking away from the Catholic Church, because his his theme verse was, uh, you know, from Romans about, uh, you know, faith alone in Christ alone. I'm not saying that quite right, but um, yeah, the just shall walk by faith or live by faith. And uh, so we admire him more for that than some of his doctrine, Pam. So yeah. 
but anyway, I just thought it was neat that he 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 understood what this verse is saying that Aura read that on earth there is not his equal. And it says in verse thirty three that she just read that uh, that he uh, he is made without fear. And so he is fearless. You know, not too long ago, a lot of people wore shirts that said fearless. And, you know, that that's probably not wise just because we, we are to fear the Lord. Uh, we, we don't need to uh, have the spirit of fear that Timothy talks about. But, uh, yes. So, yeah, so I, ga- I gave you those verses, actually, uh, Belinda, on our handout. That the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. So Leviathan, or the devil, is without fear. Therefore, he doesn't know God or have wisdom. He doesn't have that. Yeah, yeah, right. There you go. And then... uh, uh, Jaime, would you would you read verse thirty four and we'll wrap this up? Yes. He behold all high things. He is a king over all the children of pride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he is the king over the children of pride. So that is his fruit. That is his the product of of his uh, darkness. Let's let's look at uh, John eight. And I, John eight, <coughs> and uh, I'll read this. We'll do John eight forty four, and this is where uh, Christ Himself was kind of being attacked by the Pharisees and he comes back with and he says in 844 of John ye are of your father the devil and the lusts of your father ye will do for he was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him when he speaketh a lie he speaketh of his own for he is a liar and the father of it so he's not only a father of the children of pride but he's also the father of lies and uh and so we what's that Brian uh-huh uh-huh So uh, anyway, these are some things from Job 41. And so if if someone, if you had to communicate, you know, what the devil is like, Job 41 would be a good place to take them and to see some of his characteristics that were kind of built into this uh, animal called Leviathan. And uh, what I thought I would do uh, to conclude... I don't know if you guys have ever looked at our church's website. So, uh, Brother Randy uh, works pretty hard keeping our website up to date. You have, uh, Carol? Okay. I just came here and I was looking at it. 
Did you? Yeah. Is that how you start coming here? No, I met Pat Lee to talk about drive-thru. Okay. So, <laughs> I think he was door dashing, if I remember. Yeah. So, yeah. That's how I found out about you guys. Oh, my God. Yeah. I need him to come, too. You should have seen how I met this guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we are. So, uh, if you can look up here for a minute. So th- this is what our website looks like. And uh, anyway, there, there's some links and things down below. But I think if you go to... Uh, if you go to about... If you go to about... And I think our class... Oh, there's even a video on here. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Oh, wow. But, uh... That's really cool. Right? Just a second here. There's one that says beliefs. Okay. Down here at the bottom, it says, uh... Our beliefs. And so, uh, I know you can't see this very good back there, but I think there's either eight or eight or ten different uh, statements of faith that we we believe. And and so, it, it goes through what we believe about the Bible. And you know, some of you have uh, have heard of maybe like a fundamental church or fundamental Baptist church. And so these are some of the fundamentals of the faith or some of the things that we believe about the the deity of God, what we believe about the position Jesus Christ holds, what we believe about the Holy Spirit and His function. Can you see those, uh, Larry or Chris, back there? Can you see those? And then I thought we would look at this together, what we believe about Satan, because that is what we're studying about. And... uh, you know, chapter 42 of Job is where uh, uh, Job is delivered and blessed. So next week will be a little more positive. So, but anyway, I just thought this was good, maybe to uh, look at together because it brings up some of the things that we uh, have talked about in here. Uh, I think it can all fit on there. Or if you can read it back there, but uh, it just says the Bible teaches that Satan is a real historic being, a fallen cherub who was lifted up in pride and rebelled against God, leading an army of angelic beings with him. And Isaiah 14 is where the only mention of Lucifer is at in the Bible. Uh, and so that that's where we talk about his fall there. And then it says he is the tempter in 1 Thessalonians 3.5. And we might look that up here in just a minute. Uh, or can somebody read that for me? Uh, Emma, we're kind of back to you. Can you look up the first Thessalonians? I didn't look up all these this morning, but I think that's where it calls him the tempter. And then it says the enemy of God and accuser of the saints. And that's from Revelation 12. And that is the that is what the word Satan means is accuser, and so you, you know 
none of us in here would like to be accused of doing wrong or maybe have our but that's what the devil does day and night before the throne of God to each one of us isn't it you know Mary you're not a very good daughter of the Lord and Ari you shouldn't do that and and he's just always accusing and uh, what does it say about tempter there Emmett in the first Thessalonians Three five first Thessalonians three five. Three five. Yeah, it's hard to see probably. For this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter have tempted you, and our labor be in vain. Mm. So he, he was writing to the Thessalonians. He wanted to know how they're doing. He, he was afraid that the tempter had caused them to be, believe in vain or, that was good, wasn't it? So he, he's the, he is the tempter. And you know, uh, the, the Bible says that, that God, God is not tempted, neither tempt he any man, but God will allow us to be tested. He'll, he'll allow, trials to come into our lives but you also make a way for you to get out of it. yeah it, it's so we'll learn to trust him isn't it what are you thinking Carol as I was just saying, I have people in my life that say God is not real and I'm like just standing there like okay how do you know that yeah, that's good. I don't. Uh, the The only time it it says that uh, he, Abraham was tempted, but the New Testament defines that as being tested. So that that's the only reference I can find that Abraham was tempted. I'm tested every day. But uh, so so the difference being is the devil tempts us to fall away and leave God and to go after the world, the flesh, and the devil. But God allows those trials to refine our faith and make make us trust Him. So anyway, I thought that was good. It's like I have family members who just said they won't stay in church. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're going to have to finish that on that one. Hmm. Good. Yeah. You're pretty bold, Carol. Yeah. You're pretty bold. I like that. Think about what it says that he's a cherub. How many people get yeah. a little, little angel with a little wing? Yeah. You know, yeah. You see on Valentine's Day? Yeah, he was that. A cherub. That's, that, that ought to take away your fear of Satan. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in other words, say, look, he's just yeah. a cherub. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's yeah, if you see him as he really is, he's he's kind of a punk. <laughs> All right, so it says that Satan, uh, we're at Satan is now the malignant prince of the power of the air and the unholy god of this world. So those are true. The devil's called the god of this world, like lowercase g. And it says, Satan is the author of all false religions, the chief power, the, the chief power <clears throat> to back the present uh, apostasy. And that word apostasy just means falling away. He wants us to fall away. 
Uh, he's the Lord of the Antichrist and the author of all powers of darkness. Uh, his defeat was sealed by the work of Christ on the cross. And uh, let's look up that one, Pam, the Hebrews 2.14. Uh, his, it says his final destiny is the lake of fire which was created for him and his and his angels. So uh, hell was prepared for the devil and his angels, the Bible says. But let's look at the one, the Hebrews 2.14. Yeah, so that's what our... our, our uh, this is our statement of faith for our church. It's saying that the devil was... His defeat was sealed by Christ's work on the cross. So, and that's what that uh, verse is saying: that He destroyed Him that had the power over death. So, we don't have to fear death because Christ has defeated that. He's tasted death for every man, and we can be saved and uh, have hope—hope hope beyond the grave, don't we? And that's why, uh, you know, when we go to a funeral of a loved one, we can be comforted if they're saved. We know that, uh, yeah, yeah. So that that is uh, Job forty one, and we're we're getting close to the end. Uh, if you want to read Job forty two, it's a short chapter, and we will uh, try to cover all of it next week. And then, like Jim said, in two weeks, we will uh, not be here. And then we'll do kind of a summary of Job the first week in November. So, anyway, uh, I know we're having walking tacos today. And that was a cute little image, Jim. You had feet on the taco. I hadn't seen you do that like that before. Uh, So, anyway... uh, we're going to try to go to Archie after church, after we have walking tacos, and take it to the streets. And uh, I think you guys have probably all got one of these, but uh, these are our little Harvest Party flyers. And uh, Chris, we can take you home if you don't want to go, but if you want to go with us... Uh, so we're going to go door to door and hand these out. Uh, we're, uh, you know, we focus on uh, giving the children something to do. We're going to uh, next Saturday have uh, have the harvest party, and it. Uh, I don't think you guys have ever been to a harvest party. But he'll love it because <laughs> uh, just a lot of carnival games. Asking how, how how many how many days until really he has been James James your your son yeah oh, okay <laughs> he will he'll he'll like it but there'll be a big bounce house and some activities and so big kids and little kids. Good. Good. And I think Larry's going to help cook some hamburgers and hot dogs. And, uh. By the way, I was going to ask you. Yeah? How's Dave doing? 
Dave. Brandon. I think he's okay. Well, yeah, he took a fall, I think is what I told you. I think he was just sore. Yeah. I texted him the next day and he he was just sore. So. Okay. Well, we're going to. What's this? got to present the card if you're done. Yeah. All right, folks. I think most of you. I think this is actually Glenda's idea, but since October is Pastor Appreciation Month, we, we got a card for Steve, which most of you have signed. Oh. And uh, we also took up a collection over the last couple of weeks. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you guys love Longhorn. Yeah. So this is, and people have added cash. Wow. Like 70, 80 bucks. We do love Longhorn. And a lot of nice comments from all you guys. So. Well, thank you. That's. We do really appreciate all you guys do. That's very sweet, Linda. Angie's having a lot of coughing and. Are you online? Yeah, she's online. <laughs> All right. Angie knows. <laughs> Thank you, guys. It is a. You know, I. My mother was a teacher in school, and. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I like teaching the Bible, and hopefully, uh, 